In a world where people are famous for doing nothing, we're here to discover the ordinary individuals who take giant leaps to do something extraordinary. Welcome to Moving Forward. Welcome to this week's edition of Moving Forward. I am your host, Krista Nepper, and today my guest is Matt Trinetti. Matt, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, of course, Kristen. Thanks so much for asking me. So Matt is the founder of Give, Live, Explore and is the current education director at Escape the City. But when I think about Matt, the way I want to introduce him is, and I scribbled this in my notes, and Matt, tell me if this is accurate, writer, wanderer, escape artist. Yeah, I I love that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I would say wanderer and wanderer, maybe. Nice. I like that. Very good. So tell us how your journey kind of began. You bought a one-way ticket to Iceland. So give us kind of the lay of the land when that occurred and what was the catalyst behind that? Yeah, sure. So this was January 2012. Um, and yeah, I, I, I bought a one-way ticket to Iceland and, and the thing, the kind of inciting incident of that, um, was the, the passing of a, a, a dear friend of mine from university. Um, and yeah, basically I was, I was sitting in a conference room. Uh, I was a consultant for IBM and had been there for about five years. And I, I heard the news while I was in this conference, I was in Charlotte on a project and, it just uh, it was a very, actually a very clear voice that just kind of came to me. It's like, what are you waiting for? This is your chance. And like, and I didn't really know what this is your chance was, but mm. um, essentially it was, I had a lot of things that I wanted to do and I was kind of waiting for like a perfect moment to do them. And yeah. in that moment I realized that actually there was probably not going to be ever a perfect moment and I just have to get on with things. Wow. So that's, um, pretty dramatic. So what was your get on with things? Was it travel uh, explicitly? Were there other things that you wanted to explore? Yeah. So I think I was kind of in that weird space that, and we can get into this a bit with when I talk about my work at Escape, but I was in a weird space where I was you know, five years out of university in, into my, my first real full-time job as a consultant for IBM. And I was just having all these these like kind of big life life and career questions and and wasn't wasn't really happy where I was and what I was doing at IBM it wasn't that I wasn't happy I just I I had a feeling that I was I could be doing more and there was other things that might better suit me than what I was doing and so it was kind of these big questions um in in my mind about life and work but really the it was the unrealized dream of something I'd always wanted to do or not always but at least for the past uh, like 10 years before that, I always wanted to go on a like a long-term slow travel adventure. Okay. Um, and so this was kind of like the, the, uh, the unrealized dream that I was kind of just putting off for this perfect time. So yeah, it was kind of that, but also on a mission to, to understand my, my path and my direction um, and realizing that I actually had no idea where to start and where to go. Um, but I just had these big questions and, and really cared, cared to figure it out. Well, I think that's really profound because a lot of us, you know, it's kind of very Joseph Campbell-esque, but, you know, you hear the calling and you're not sure what it's supposed to look like or what it should be. And so many of us are terrified unless we know step A, step B, step C to even just begin and go to that next vantage point so we can look around from a different point of view. So how did you do that? And what did it look like to you? Did you have a plan of action when you left for Iceland or did you just kind of go with your gut? So I, I had studied engineering 
I went to Georgia Tech, studied engineering, and then took the job with IBM. And it was all very like methodical, science-based, kind of, uh, you know, you, you make a plan and then you execute that plan. And kind of the hypothesis and the question for me was, what, what would happen if I just didn't have a plan um, and just let myself get pulled by something? And so that, that one-way ticket to Iceland was, was the first thing. And after that, I basically, um, all I had booked was my first night in Reykjavik. And I had, I, I had this, uh, I actually asked for, I was going to quit IBM. I ended up asking for a seven-month sabbatical. So I had seven months. Um, and I had no plan. So, yeah, I, I just had that the initial flight booked and, and wanted to see what would happen if I went forward with no plan. Um, big burning questions in my head and just kind of let myself uh, be pulled by things um, so, and see, w- see what that felt like. And what did happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah um, it all went to shit. Uh, no, I... Uh, so yeah, I, I so I was in Iceland for a few weeks, and uh, eventually I, I kind of just uh, I ended up going around northern, mostly northern and eastern Europe. Um, in January. In <laughs> well, no, actually, so I booked the flight in January. I didn't leave until June. Okay, very good. Okay, I was yeah, a little worried about so, you there. <laughs> yeah. So I actually, yeah, I booked. Yeah. So I had I gave myself this like six month time this six month deadline where from when I booked it to when I actually left okay. uh, six months to figure out what I would do about my job my apartment everything my parents all kind of all of life's life's things Absolutely. Um, yeah so on that seven months I ended up uh, traveling mostly around northern and eastern Europe and and the reason why I kind of kept it to a, a, a small geography is I I wanted to experience these places on on a slower pace. I had done, or basically, when you have two week holidays, two week vacations, if you even take two weeks, it's very like rapid fire. You're like, okay, I'm here for a night, then I'm somewhere else for a night. I really wanted to to marinate on things and and really like take it slowly. Um, and so that's why I kind of kept the geography small and the time time large. So, what was your average day like? <laughs> my average day was there an average it, day um so not not really but i would say so it was actually much less exciting than like people might imagine <laughs> like oh I'm, I'm on this like giant like jaunt exciting jaunt i'm just doing all this crazy stuff but but really <laughs> i spend so much time in coffee shops to be honest nice. um and the reason was part of Part of this wasn't just for me to like, it wasn't a form of escapism for me. I wasn't aiming to just like leave everything behind and just have, have fun. That was part of it. But I was also, this was more deliberate. And so the reason I was sitting in coffee shops is I, there was a few, a few things I was testing out while I was doing this. One thing was I I wondered, I don't know where this thought came from, but I, for some reason, I'm like, I wonder if I could write. I, 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 mm. I want to be a writer. It wasn't really, I want to be a writer. It's just like, I have an urge to write and I don't even know if I can because I've studied engineering and I haven't written anything since like high school English. And, uh, the most compelling thing I'd written was like an email in the past like <laughs> 10 years. And I'm, I don't know where it came from. So the reason I was sitting in coffee shops is I wanted to, 
I was, I was writing, I was learning how to build a, a website. I was exploring other things like photography, videography. I was reading a bunch. Um, so it would be that. And then it would just me, be me like wandering around this place and making a fool of myself trying to speak whatever language, I, whatever country's language I was in. Um, I'm familiar with that feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so I'd go to like, usually my first day in a place, I would just the first person I, I talked to, or I met, like, usually it was me buying something at a shop. So like Lithuania, for instance, I'm like, how how do you say thank you in Lithuanian? Well, first I'm like, do you speak English? I'm like, how do you say thank you? And then slowly I try to build up like just a pocketbook of, of words. Um, I call that speaking like a two-year-old where I can point and say, how much does it cost? And thank you. And which way to the train? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I had so many. Yeah. So half the time it's me in a coffee shop or people laughing at me right, because exactly. I'm like totally butchering their language. <laughs> so what did you learn on that journey? So did you take the full seven months? I did. Yeah, I took, I took the full seven months. Um, and I feel like I probably could have kept going, but yeah. um, I, I, I did end up coming home. Um, I came up home for Christmas that year. Um, I think my, my mom would have uh, cried even harder if I didn't come home for Christmas. So I'm like, okay, I'll be home for Christmas. Um, yeah, so I, I, took, I took those those full seven months. Um, and yeah, by the, and then the 1st of January 2013, I, I, I ended up going back to IBM, but uh, I did not last long. <laughs> I, I was, How long did you last? <laughs> it, uh, it was two weeks. Okay. <laughs> um, it was two weeks and yeah, it was, it was like on my first conference call the day back and I'm just like, I, it sounded like people's souls were crying on the phone. Oh that's, yeah. That's yep. what it felt like to me. I so, know exactly what you mean. <laughs> I couldn't go forward with this. No crying of souls. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about what you currently do in your role as education director at Escape the City. Sure. So, yeah. So basically what I do here in, um, I'm based in London and uh, designing experiences for communities of people who were basically me a few years ago at IBM. Um, So people who find themselves in work that they don't find fulfilling at all or at, at the very worst they hate um, mm. and to try to help them pursue things that are more meaningful to them, uh, build a career on their own terms or, or start businesses. And so how did you hook yourself up with uh, those guys at the escape school and at escape the city? Yeah. So this, this actually leads back to 2012. Um, so one of my, my goals while I was traveling is I just wanted to meet interesting people doing cool stuff. And one of the blogs I started subscribing to was this thing called Escape the City, uh, coming out of London, started by a few ex-management consultants, kind of like myself, who had the same realizations I did. And they just started a blog where they would find exciting, like anything more exciting than the job that they were doing. Um, and <laughs> and they, they, they started a blog and they started this top 10 list where every Monday morning they'd send out top 10 opportunities just like that was something different. So exciting brands, startups, uh, nonprofit work, um, just anything. So I started subscribing to that mostly because I'm like, okay, these guys, these guys get it. And I feel like they're, they're my people. Yeah. Um, this, this was 2011. And when I was traveling, I, 
uh, I actually came through London specifically to meet them. Um, and I kind of just, uh, you know, asked, asked them, Hey, I'm in town. I happen to be in town. Uh, can I meet you guys for lunch? Um, like little did they know, I actually like booked the flight straight to London because (laughs) I wanted to meet them. Uh, so luckily they said yes. Um, and that started a relationship, um, with them and they started following my blog, which was just beginning, um, because we're writing about, uh, similar things and, and it looked like we we're kind of on a shared mission. Yeah. Um, we just stay in touch and, uh, yeah, I came last year. I, I decided to move here. Um, they sponsored me to come here and, and help them build this thing that we're, uh, we're doing in London called the escape school, which is actually a physical place, uh, where we, we, we design these experiences and, and, and courses to, to actually help people accelerate their, their transition. I really love that. So, and what I love about that story too, is that you took the risk and just, it shows what a different world we live in than 20 or 30 years ago, that you can literally meet somebody around the world online and build a relationship and a career with them. I think that's really very powerful. Uh, totally. It's, it's so incredible. It, it, the world is like a small town again. Yeah, I um, like that. I mean, it is noisy, but I think it's so much easier to find find your people. Yeah, I like that. I think a tribe is very, very important. So yeah. I want to ask you a little bit on the softer side. How has your intuition played a role in guiding you? Yeah, so um, intuition, I would probably say I, I didn't, before 2012, I didn't really have a strong relationship with my own or being able to even know how to listen to it and follow it. Yeah. Um, during that trip, though, it because I had no plan, it was it was kind of a magical thing where um, you just were a lot more open to that voice and that that pull. And I I gave myself permission to just follow things because mm. I wasn't on a you know I didn't have things that I needed to do or places I needed to go necessarily. So I had this freedom to just if I like felt or, or heard something or whatever, I would just go and do that, um, more times than not. And, and his, it was really fascinating the like the people it led me to and, um, and the experiences it, it, it led me to as well. So it um, sounds like having not a real strong agenda, not being married or attached to anything. I know the law of detachment is one of the things I try to practice, not always very well. Mm. But what are some of your practices that allow you to continue to connect with your intuition and your higher self? Yeah, so there's – I don't know if you've, if you've heard of the, uh, the Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. No. Um, yeah, oh, it's a, it's a great book. But – uh, there's two main practices in it. Basically, it's a book to help blocked creatives get unblocked, essentially. Okay. And yeah, it's it's really cool. You should check it out. Okay. But, um, two of the main practices uh, that I, I end up using, and one of them uh, she calls the artist date. And what the artist date is, is essentially um, one, day, one day a week, you just take yourself out on a date. And it's usually a, a you do it alone and you just do something that interests you and you kind of like, don't judge anything. Um, it could be you going to a museum by yourself. It could be you taking a class that you always wanted to take. could just be walking around a a park that you always wanted to go to, but you never went to. Um, and so this is something I try to do to, to kind of get back in touch with this, that, 
that voice, that intuition. Um, and to be honest, it's when I compare it to my experience traveling, it was essentially what I was doing and I didn't really have a name for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so stuff like that, where you kind of just have a, 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 an afternoon, an evening, a weekend where you just don't have any plans and kind of let yourself get pulled by things. I think that's a great way to get in touch with that. And I, I, I try to do that, um, at least once a week or once every other week. I really love that. I think that is going to be incorporated into what I do. That's pretty brilliant. Yeah. So let me ask along those same lines, are you, do you consider yourself a spiritual person or a religious person or both? And what's the difference? Yeah, I, I would consider myself spiritual. Um, and these words are so loaded because I know, they're, just, yeah. they're used, they're used in different contexts. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself religious right now. Um, I think the difference between the two, I think religion started, starts all religions. I feel like start from a, a great place, uh, a place of, of pure spirituality, but then like humans screw it up. Yes. Um, as we always so, do. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, like religion, yeah. Religion is like spirituality when, when humans try to put like, uh, contain it, um, <laughs> and, and, and communicate it because after a while it just gets lost what the, the rituals, what they actually meant yeah. and you know, why you do it. So yeah, I would say, I'm, I would say I'm, I'm spiritual. Um, and I'm, <laughs> I am continuing to, to figure out what that word means to me. I like how you just said, I'm not religious right now, because there's so much flexibility in that answer. And I think it's very honest in the sense that things kind of ebb and flow and come and go in our life and that you're open to being receptive if something does speak to you in the future. Yeah, I'd like to keep things open um, and realize that I probably don't have all the answers and, and my beliefs will, will evolve. Mm, I think that's, oh, uh, to me, that's the difference between spirituality and religion. Spirituality is open to many different paths and religion is one specific path. And to me, and I don't mean to offend anybody, but I probably will. It's, there's a certain arrogance in being married so tightly to something that is really all about the unknown, the mystery and the fate behind it. Yeah, so. definitely. Have, have, you, have you read much Joseph Campbell? Um, yeah. So one of my mentors, Mastin Kip, that's one of the main thing he, one of the main texts he likes to teach is from Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. And okay. he does it with the background of Star Wars and Luke being oh, called. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And the mystical journey and the, you know, dark night. And, and I think the important piece about that to me, I heard Liz Gilbert say this one time, the most important piece of the hero's journey is once you learn is going back and teaching everyone in the village, and I'm using air quotes for the village, what you yeah. learned on that adventure. Yeah, totally. I, I love it. I, Joseph Campbell's uh, Power of Myth, which is like, it's originally an interview, a PBS interview. Yes. But I read the book of it. And that, I didn't know there was a book. Okay. Because I've seen uh, the, yeah, the PBS. Okay. Yeah, it's so great. Probably one of my favorites. And, and the way he articulates religion, uh, that... I, he articulated in a way that I'm like, Oh yes, that's, that's what I believe. But I couldn't, or I've never articulated it or didn't know how to. What did, can you paraphrase it? And what did he say exactly? <laughs> Putting you on um, the spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, essentially, um, it's it kind of what I said around like, you know, humans and religion, but he also is saying that, um, 
a lot of the most of the religions are actually very similar if you look at them. Yeah, they are. And they're kind of they're just different paths to the same thing, which is you know, spirituality. And you know, where things really get hairy is when people start to take the religions themselves, which probably started as metaphors, at mm-hmm. least this is what, what he says, and that we take them as literal. Um, and eventually, after so many generations, we, for, you know, we forget that these were metaphors and they were aimed to instruct us how to become spiritual or how, or how to live. Um, but we're taking them for, for like the actual face value of what the words are saying. Mm, I agree with that. That really speaks to me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So what do you, so along this, you know, line of deep questioning, what do you think happens when we die? <laughs> yeah, this is, it's just getting lighter, lighter <laughs> each question. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess right now, and this is like another thing I'm always, I'm always changing my answer, but, um, I think right now it's, it's something around the lines of like some sort of reincarnation. I don't know if it's in a way that I can really articulate, but I, I think some, some essence of us is doesn't just disappear. I, I feel like it's, it goes back, uh, into something. There's actually, uh, Marcus Aurelius's meditations, I don't know mm. if you've ever read that. I recently read that. Um, but I love the, the stoicism uh, idea of the logos, which is basically um, that kind of everyone's souls is part of this like uh, logos. And that once you die, it kind of goes back into the hopper. And then like, you know, is your, your soul, your spirit is just injected into something else to give it life. Um, so I like it's something- that. Something no, along those lines. Yeah, like the collective consciousness and then it reappears yeah. later on. And it's interesting. I, the reason I wanted to ask you that question is because you're a man of science for lack of a you know less cliche term. And mm-hmm. knowing that energy never dies, I wanted to kind of just explore your answer in that way. Yeah. I, I think there's so much overlap between science and spirituality, especially as we continue to study and continue to learn more. Yeah, totally. I I would agree. That that's something that's I'd love to keep diving into. Yeah. Hey, moving forward listeners, if you're enjoying today's episode, consider supporting the podcast. You can purchase a copy of the Corporate Clichés Adult Coloring Book or try out Amazon Prime or Audible using one of my affiliate links, which you can find in the write-up for any of the episodes at bemovingforward.com. So, what do you think that you do best? what do I think I do best? Um, so I, it's funny. We actually did an exercise with our team. There's about 11 of us here at escape. And we did something where we did this like round Robin, uh, of just focusing on one person and telling them what they're great at, uh, which is a really, (laughs) yeah, it was like a loving, it was like a real, so much (laughs) love, tears. Yeah, it was really great. Um, but one of the things that came out for me, and I think uh, this has come up in, in my writing and speaking others, in other stuff, um, I think what I'm realizing I'm great at is, um, is creating a, a, a genuine sense of belonging and helping people feel understood. Um, mm, that's and, so important. Yeah, and it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been interesting, especially with the writing, when I, I try to... I try to uh, yeah, I try to be authentic and genuine and, and vulnerable when it's appropriate. And um, I find that the things that resonate most, it's that's the response I get back. It, the reflection oh, yeah. is that 
oh, I don't like other people feel this way or, oh God, this makes me feel so much better about what I'm doing or, or my path. Um, so I, I feel like it's something around those lines. Yeah, I think that would be true. I don't know if you've ever read any of uh, Brene Brown's books or seen her yeah. talks, but that's what I think. And one of the interesting things behind vulnerability, this is a more talked about concept than it was just a few years ago. And I think that's to her credit, but that vulnerability, we all kind of grew up with that as a weakness as you don't, you know, never let them see you sweat and you hide your cards close to the vest. But when you open that up and you say, wow, I'm really afraid in this moment or wow, I really didn't feel like I was at my best in this moment. It just, mm -hmm. the response you get from people is just beautiful and it creates a new level of intimacy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so true. And, and I really think it's uh, hiding that it doesn't, it doesn't do anyone, uh, it does everyone a disservice and it doesn't help anyone. Um, but the moment you just open it up, you, you empower people to, to keep going and, and encourage them to, to just get on with it and and realize that they're not alone and, and we're all kind of in this together. Yeah, I really like that. That's good. Yeah. So when have you failed? And I'm using fail in air quotes because we all fail every day. But mm -hmm. yet it's changed everything for the better because I think the only time you truly fail is when you don't learn from it. Well, um, in the spirit of vulnerability, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've written about this, so I guess I can talk about it. Um, I would say so – uh, on that trip, 2012, I ended up spending a lot of time in, in Belgrade, Serbia. Um, and while I was there, I, you know, I, I met this girl and, you know, we kind of, we hit it off and I ended up going back home and I just found myself keep keeping thinking about her, keep thinking about her. And, uh, I ended up last year going back there for a month, um, just to kind of like see if it could work. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, long story short, it, it ended terribly. Um, <laughs> that sometimes is the ending when we, you try. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can laugh about it now, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I would say, I mean, that was, I, I don't think I'd really experienced heartbreak in that way in, in at that level before. Um, and it, I think it hurt even more because I had put myself out there so much in a way that I've never really put myself out there before. Yeah, it, it was, yeah, it was a, it was kind of a haunting experience, but, um, I guess how did it change things for the better? It was more of a statement to myself because I did that, um, mm, yeah. that I had, that I had the, I had it in me and cause I hadn't really, I hadn't really been able to do anything like that in a while. Um, and so even though things didn't really work out, it, it was a, it was a, it was definitely a growing experience for me. And, um, and I was, I was proud of myself that I, that I'd done it. Mm. Um, and, and this is actually, so like at escape and even on my blog and stuff about, you know, kind of, I don't say this in these exact cliched words, but like, you know, follow your heart and, and, and do those all the stuff. I think the stories I was, I was telling, were stories of that and kind of things were working out. And so I think when I made that decision to do that, I was like, well, if I'm going to trumpet, you know, follow, follow your heart, like I have to do it in all aspects of my life or I'm kind of a charlatan. Yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes when you do follow your heart, it's, it doesn't really end up all, you know, rainbows and unicorns. Yeah. Um, but Hey, that's, that's part of it. That's, I think that's a really, 
first of all, that was a really vulnerable share and that was beautiful. So thank you for sharing that with our listeners because there's not anybody out there listening who hasn't had the same thing happen to them. It's a universal story. But at the same time, and it doesn't make it less valid, let me say that as well. But at the same time, when you are on this type of trajectory where you're living an authentic, vulnerable, spiritual, some would say life, you really do have to walk your own talk. And it's so easy to forget. I actually had my co-host John quoting to me the other day when I was in a really bad place. And I'm like, yeah, that's really sage advice. Where did you learn that? And he's just paused and he's like, from you. (laughs) And I'm like, oh. (laughs) That's that's so true. (laughs) It's so easy to forget in those moments when we feel so down and so hurt and so broken, but something else. And, you know, since we're throwing around cliches today that I will share with you that somebody said to me just last week, you know, whenever you break a bone, it heals stronger in that place. And I think that's true of your heart as well. There's a, an Ernest Hemingway quote, I forget what book it, it is, but um, it's something like the, the world, uh, where is it? The world, the world breaks us and, and we're stronger in the, the broken places. It's something like that. Yeah. Um, I, it's a, it's a really great, great one yeah i think that's true Mm. yeah thanks for thanking me for that yeah (laughs) i yeah i i do agree it's it's and this is you know these are universal stories and so you know i I do i do think it it helps to share them yeah definitely so when do you i think i know the answer to this but i'm gonna ask it anyway (laughs) so when do you feel the most free i so you probably suspect i i feel the most free (laughs) When <laughs> I have like a small backpack or a medium sized backpack and I just, and going somewhere, um, going somewhere by my own choosing mm, that yeah. is such a, not freeing. a work trip to Sacramento. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I travel a lot for work in my past life and just, yeah, totally different when you are going somewhere by your own decision and, 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 you know, driven by your own desires. So where is um, your next trip? I'm actually going to Norway next week. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it won't it's not a long trip, unfortunately, but just kind of like a, a long weekend in Oslo. So is there exploring. a place or a, a a region of the globe that you have yet to hit or travel to that you are dying to get to? Yeah, I've actually never been to Asia. Ah, okay. Um, as ridiculous as that might sound. No. Um, yeah, it's like it's it's basically this giant part of the globe that I'm like I can't even just go there for a couple of weeks cuz I'm going to want to spend like a couple of years. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm uh yeah, I'm eyeing it up. Um it's, <laughs> it's, it's yeah, I I need to give it give it uh give it justice and and really spend some time there. I like that. So one of the last questions, so one of my favorite quotes, I think you already know this, is be kind. Everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. So mm-hmm. what is your battle today? I think, I think my battle is around me stepping up my own game. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of things in me that, I, that are, st- are aching to come out and, in the form of words. And, and there's at least one or two books that I are really gnawing at me. And so I think the struggle with that, the struggle with constantly doing the work and, and sharing it and, and going back and doing it again. Um, it's so easy to get, get caught up in your job and the work you're doing and the stuff. And even though like the work I'm doing here is so it's amazing and, and it's, it's part of, 
it's part of who I am. It's part of my path. There's other things that are aching to get out of me as well. Um, and it's that, that battle of like becoming pro and like really mm. chisel, chiseling away at this stuff. What would you say um, the biggest piece of that is? I think right now, um, it's, it's letting others help me get better. Ooh, that's um, a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, so I did something, a couple new things this week. I ended up sharing something before I published it to our escape community and just said, Hey, I'm thinking of publishing this piece and I'm open for feedback. I want to make it as good as it can be. And I got some great comments back and I also got some like, Hey, you need to change this. This isn't good. So, um, inviting people to, to help. Um, I think that's where I'm, I need to, that's, that's where I can improve. That's a hard one because writing anything you do creatively, it's so very personal. And when you bear your soul in that way, it is hard to hear that criticism. And it really kind of, to me anyway, is a muscle that needs to be exercised so that you mm. can put some distance between it. I don't know if you feel that way. Yeah, totally. I, it, it's tough because some things um, you have to just trust. Yeah. Um, especially coming from you. And so if, if you, if you go and looking for consensus and everyone's opinions, you're never going to get it. Good but point. yeah, but, um, I think there's a, uh, there's a balance there of, of, of getting help and then kind of weighing the feedback you hear, but still kind of trusting, trusting your gut. Um, or it's, uh, I don't know if you read any of Stephen Pressfield stuff, but I love this. I love that guy. But he, he has a phrase, trust the soup. I'm not really sure what he means, but I think <laughs> that I know was my what next he means. question. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think like trust the soup. I don't know. I feel like that's like kind of trust your gut, trust the trust whatever's like churning in you. Oh, I kind of um, get it because I I don't know about you. I'm going to share all of my crazy today. Um, I <laughs> talk about my brain as the neighborhood because I hear so many voices <laughs> sometimes and there needs to be a consensus before we can move forward on things. So when you put it that way. That gives you some context. I like that. Oh, God. I would never do anything if I had to wait for consensus in my neighborhood. <laughs> You're like, oh, God. <laughs> well, some of the villagers are louder than others, so usually it's them. <laughs> yeah. It's the extroverted ones. They always win. Yeah, exactly. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Matt. Oh, it's you. funny. I like that. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much. So if our listeners want to learn more about you and the Escape School and Give, Live, Explore and all of that, we'll have all of these um, links on the website. But how, how would they uh, get in contact with you? Sure. Yeah. So my, my home turf is GiveLiveExplore.com. Um, and that's where I have an email list and, and that's where all my writing goes. Um, and then uh, I'm on Twitter. So maybe you could share at Trinetti. Um, I I share a lot of things there and then escape the city.org is, is the escape school and and you can check out everything we're doing here in London. Beautiful. And are you, do you have any upcoming events in the States? Uh, we don't yet, but we're test piloting some things here in London. Um, and actually one of them is on Monday morning, 7.30 AM called escape Mondays. And we're basically trying to take back Monday mornings because we think Mondays shouldn't suck. So Agreed. <laughs> we're going to, yeah. So we're going to test pilot it in London and then we have a global community. So depending on how things go, um, kind of get the kinks out here and then start to launch it all over the world. I love that. Very, very good. Thank yeah. you so much for being here today. I think we all learned a lot and we can call it the day of a thousand cliches. 
<laughs> Thanks, Kristen. Really appreciate you having me on. Yes. And listeners, thank you. If you'd like to learn more about Matt or any of our guests at Moving Forward, please go to bemovingforward.com. That's bemovingforward.com. Thanks. We'll see you next week. And Satnam. Now it's time for you to move forward and discover the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.